Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Horror Shots Podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this podcast is brought to you by none other than the lovely people over at MorbidlyBeautiful.com. Morbidly Beautiful is your one-stop shop for everything horror in the pop culture world. Go check them out for interviews, retrospectives, introspectives, interviews, top ten lists, whatever you want, they will have it. It's a whole lot of new content going to be going up there this month. It is October, it's Halloween, it's everybody's favorite month in the world of horror. So go keep an eye on that website, bookmark it, make it your homepage, whatever you want. Just make sure you're reading that website. Beyond that, there's not a whole lot of housekeeping for me to go over today. Of course, you can always contact me if you want to at horrorshotspodcast at gmail.com. Please leave a review. Uh, as well, if you do really like what you hear, feel free to leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Either one's great. I prefer iTunes, but, you know, whatever you listen to, it's up to you. I don't really care where, as long as you leave something. Let me know that you're listening. Let me know that you like it. Or if you don't, either way. Beyond that, I still am working on that new podcast, By the Candle's Light, which should be out. I'm aiming for the week of Halloween. It's all about scary stories, so I think that's a good time to launch it but I will keep you updated regardless. How about we now get on to the podcast itself? Sounds like a good idea. That's why you're here. You're here because you want to continue this virtual tour to the eerie United States of America. And this week we go to the lovely mountainous state of Colorado. Colorado is one of those states that you hear about up in Canada a lot due to its more liberal nature. It's very marijuana-friendly. It has a lot of lore, especially in terms of pop culture, like South Park. That's how I know it. That's how I was really introduced to Colorado, besides, you know, the baseball and the hockey teams and stuff that have taken up residence there in the last, you know, 15, 20, 30 years or so. So when Colorado popped up, I kind of wondered what sort of stuff they have. And like many other states that I'm going to be going over and that I have already gone over, it has a haunted stretch of road. This road is called Riverdale Road. And no, you're not going to find Archie and Veronica and Betty and Jughead all hanging out on Riverdale Road. Although, I mean, I guess you could. They could exist in reality somewhere, that group of people. Very unlikely, though. Nevertheless, this stretch of road is very interesting for a couple of reasons. A whole lot of crazy crap goes on on this street. The road itself runs through Thornton. Colorado, which isn't a very big place from my understanding, and that just kind of makes it even more alluring to the urban legend mythos. The big thing that stood out to me during my research was the gates of hell. Now, I did do a podcast many, many moons ago now on the gates of hell and how they relate to the earthly plane. There's a whole bunch of them all over the world, and I honestly can't remember if I covered this one in that podcast. That's how long ago it was. But we're still going to go over it today. Now, the gates of hell are located at one end of this little stretch of road, this little two-lane highway that runs through the county. Now, these people who claim that these are the gates of hell, 
say as such mainly because of appearance. They're old, rusted gates, built probably in the 1800s, mid to late 1800s anyway. And they say that the person who built this gate burned down his mansion with people inside, mainly his family. He burned down the mansion with his family inside. Now, he was never caught or put on trial or put to death or anything for his crimes, which kind of adds to the allure of this myth again. People go there seeking thrills, never knowing quite what they're going to find. And they kind of hope that they don't find anything, I think, as much as they want to or as exciting as it would be to actually see the apparition or see the gates of hell literally open up before you. Something tells me you might regret that a little bit later on, almost immediately after. If I saw the gates of hell open up, I'd be like, that's really cool, and now I'm going to die and be tortured for all of eternity. Not really my scene. I don't think many people really enjoy being tortured alive, but there are fetishes for everybody, isn't there? There are also some reports that there are apparitions, that a lady in white walks the road by the gates. This is assumed to be the man's wife, and she never did get rest. She never got closure for her murder. And so she stalks the streets looking for her husband and murdered children. Some say she might be out for revenge. But the most she's ever done to visitors is appear in the rearview mirror as they pass by. She looks for help, but nothing ever comes of it. That kind of reminds me of the Arkansas legend. With the girl, the phantom hitchhiker, if you will. The little ghost girl. I told you we would come across that little myth one more time, and I did not lie. Here it is in Colorado. A couple of other weird things that go on along this road are a jogger might even chase you. There are accidents that happen along this highway all the time, and a lot of them happen to do with cyclists or joggers or hikers, people who aren't in, you know, a thousand pound vehicle or two thousand pound vehicle, however much cars weigh. They're not surrounded by this shield of metal and they get hit in the middle of the night or by somebody who's just not paying attention. And so there is a jogger that haunts the roads. You can apparently hear a very loud heartbeat or even footsteps if you're passing by or going slow enough, or if you're even walking yourself. Some reports suggest that you may even feel something hit your car, but nothing ends up being there, as if you just hit the phantom jogger yourself. It's more of a cautionary tale, I think, this one, very similar to some of the old Arkansas legends that we looked at, where if there's a moral to be had, it's that you gotta pay attention while you're driving. There are other people on the road, and they're all sharing the road in one aspect or another, and you just have to kind of keep an eye out and be careful for what you see. Moving on, it is also rumored that there are large amounts of satanic activity there. Now, what that means is always a little bit vague. See, if you are familiar at all with the satanic religion, then it's a very peaceful religion. It's not a very violent or malevolent one. They don't try to summon spirits. That would be more occult. And occult and Satanism are two different things. Occultists are more dark witchcraft and more things along that line. Voodoo, summonings, that sort of stuff. That's not really Satanic. At least not my understanding of Satanism anyway. But people do obviously confuse the two. They associate the devil or Satan with evil. Nevertheless, people do associate Riverdale Road with some sort of sacrificial rituals. People used to live along Riverdale Road, and there are some structures left behind, like old chicken coops and empty buildings. These structures often have fresh graffiti on them, and even headless animals are often found nearby. It was believed that back when people did live on Riverdale Road, that they would perform 
these rituals regularly, and they would keep chickens in the coops for nothing more than to sacrifice them to whatever demon or deity they were trying to raise. And if you are trekking through that area even today, there are more reports of people hearing footsteps growing closer and louder the more they trek and the closer they get to these structures and these old coops. If demonic rituals aren't really the thing that scares you in the night, and maybe you are more of a true crime junkie, or you really get scared by actual historical events, then this one's right for you. Now, America, as we all know, has a very long and dark history when it comes to slavery and human rights in general. They're not always on the front line when it comes to making sure everybody's included or being inclusive. Of course, today things are much different than they were hundreds of years ago, but the fact of the matter remains that slavery was a very hot topic in the United States, especially a few hundred years ago. And sadly, it wasn't uncommon for something called a lynching to occur, where somebody pretty much gets hung up and strung from a tree by their neck. Now that happened a little too often for most anybody's liking, I think. And it's safe to say that these unfortunate souls would be left angry, left wanting more, left a haunting, if you will. Some say that if you're driving along Riverdale Road, especially at night on a full moon, and you look off into the cottonwood trees, you will see the silhouette of people hanging from the trees. Their spirits and their entities and their ghosts remain, never really fully able to move on. Now, of course, that, as I said, is one of the more tragic and disturbing real-life events that you do find when you go searching for urban legends in any part of the world. There's always a tragedy, or generally always a tragedy, associated with these events. That's why people see them. The stories live on through these so-called events that may or may not actually happen. But the actual events, well, it's a sad thing, but those are true. Unfortunately, another tragedy did take place on Riverdale Road, which apparently is becoming a common thing if you look at the theme of this episode. Apparently, back in the day, at some point, I don't have an exact date here, but a young boy was hit by a car on his way to school. He died on Riverdale Road at the scene. Some say that his spirit now paces along the side of the road, and at night he gets restless. Now, as he is a spirit without closure and very confused as what happened to him happened at a very young age, he gets restless, especially at night. He's unable to rest. And so he walks up and down, smearing his bloody handprint on road signs along the way. But by morning, the prints are always gone. Perhaps he cleans them up. Perhaps it's just nothing more than a small fragment of the spirit plane showing its way through into the real world, and it can't maintain for too long. The interpretation is always left up to the eye of the beholder. Now, I do have a date here for the next tragedy that befell Riverdale Road, and that is in the 70s. A driver was going along in his lovely, high-speed, luxurious Camaro. Yes, a Camaro of the 70s. That was the peak of luxury, or sportsmanship, or sports cars, whatever you want to call it. Unfortunately, he hit the gas a little too hard and went around a corner blind, colliding with another vehicle. The driver of the Camaro at least died, and now you can see, on some nights, the Phantom Camaro patrolling Riverdale Road. It doesn't matter if it's night or day, this car has been reportedly seen during the day and during the night, which is a rarity when it comes to things like phantom visits and sightings of apparitions. Usually it's exclusively at night. 
I was able to find on here, despite all the tragedies that befall Riverdale Road, I was able to find one particular interview with a ghost hunter. Now, she's the founder of the Denver Ghost Hunters, and this is not my interview, but I will be reading it from OnlyInYourState.com. She says here, quote, The first time I investigated Riverdale was many years ago. It was my first lead investigation, and I went out to the road to spot good sites that I thought would work for all of our team and some of the guest investigators. I was drawn to the one part of the road. It was daylight, but there was just something about this spot. As the team's psychic, I am often asked to locate hot spots of activity. That night, we went to the location, and I got out of my car and began walking down the road. It seemed quiet. You could hear the oil drums beating in the fields, but other than that, it was quiet. I decided to walk on the other side of the road for a while. As I was walking, I could see someone ahead of me. The first thing I remember was that they had on boots, but otherwise it was very shadowed. I had seen ghosts, and this one just seemed to be walking towards me. I tried to think rationally, but I just kept getting nervous, and then that turned into panic. And at some point in my walk, I turned around and ran the other direction. I ran and ran from the shadows with the boots, past my team, past the camera crew, past the cars, until my head cleared. On camera, they caught a ball of white light zooming past me. After a few moments, I cleared my head and walked on the other side of the road. I felt fine. No trepidation at all. But every time I walked on the other side, I would feel the same panicked feeling. This got me thinking. If this was some sort of imprint event that I could only see and feel if I stepped in on it. So I began to get volunteers on different nights and have them experiment. I told them nothing of my experience, just had them walk down the road for as long as they could and then come back and tell us what they felt or saw. Some have reported seeing a shadowy figure, others felt scared, some ran back to the car, some felt like they were being followed and others just felt ill. We've captured video, EVPs, and photographs, but the most compelling is the sound of the footsteps behind you as you walk along the dark road. I've never found any historical evidence to support this story, but I keep looking. There are too many people that feel the same thing. End quote. So again, that was the founder of the Ghost Hunters of Denver, Denver Ghost Hunters, director Stephanie Johnson-Smith. And that was her professional take. So if a professional says that there's something going on, and if you believe in that sort of psychic energy feeling aspect of the world, then this is definitely a spooky spot. It does seem as though that these people are experiencing a lot, and that a lot of people are experiencing different things. However, whenever I go into any forums or chats or even the comment sections of a lot of these articles, a lot of people say that they've lived in and around Thornton and traveled Riverdale Road most of their life and have never seen anything. So is this a case of malarkey? Is this a case of, could it even be a case of overactive imaginations? Sometimes people believe things a little too much and they want to believe. And when that happens, it skews their view of how things actually work. Perhaps another theory is that you need to be open and receptive to these creatures, these beings from another plane. If it senses that you don't believe that they're there, then they just won't show. It's always a possibility. I'm not an expert on the subject, but that's just my take on it. And that was what Riverdale Road in Colorado has to offer for the eerie United States. So until next week when we cover... Connecticut. I'll see you then.